0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to an all-new episode of The Darius Show. On this episode, we're going to be doing a breakdown of Amazon Prime's series upload. At the time of this recording, there are two seasons out, so for today's conversation, we're going to be talking mainly about season two, but we're also going to be touching on aspects of season one as well. I really did enjoy this show. I'm pretty excited to get into it. So without further ado, let's roll the intro and get right into it. It's the Darius Show, y'all already know. Drop your booty to the floor, come give me some more. It's the Darius Show. It's the Darius Show. All right, so Upload takes place in the near future. Like, I believe it's probably about 30 years ahead of us. It's a little sci-fi, but it's still grounded in the same world that we live in. But it's about a character named Nathan Brown who dies under mysterious circumstances, and his consciousness is then uploaded into a digital afterlife program. In this world, that's essentially the norm for anyone who can afford it, is once you pass away, you your consciousness is coded and sent into a program where it can live out all of its afterlife into a simulated heaven, essentially, is the way that it's set up in the series. In the series, once he's uploaded into that digital afterlife, He's actually still able to communicate with his living friends and families through screens and, you know, all their technology. It's a very interesting uh, aspect that they set up. I actually, as far as as far as the show is concerned, as like a sci fi TV series, they play with that genre a lot. And they play with like this dystopian future society uh, that it feels very attainable for ours, for our society. Honestly, it feels like. Like the world that they set up here is very achievable within our lifetimes. So playing around with that aspect, that sci-fi pitch was really interesting for the duration of the series. It's probably one of the strongest aspects that it has going for it. One thing I want to address right off the bat is kind of the elephant in the room for this series in that it feels very closely related to the show The Good Place. Uh, they, the Good Place was created by Greg Daniels, as was this show Upload. And obviously, they both deal with the concept of afterlife. And so that's like the big reason why they seem like similar content. Uh, not only that, but they s- tend to have a similar tone and attitude towards their storytelling and a general like optimism uh, beat in their series. So I would say that in a lot of ways, this series feels like a sister series to The Good Place or even maybe a cousin to it, even though it is very much so its own thing. I don't feel like the series are derivative of each other at all i just feel like when you're watching one and you've seen the other you're gonna feel very familiar there is a a sense that this is the same creator and a general um i don't know how to put it exactly but they they just feel very closely related in some way although they are very uniquely different and in my opinion cornerstone content to check out especially if you're looking for anything that does dive into the topic of afterlife ethics, uh, morality, those are topics that this series tackles as well as a good place but this series really makes a point to address. As I like to do on this series, I plan on talking about this show by breaking down the individual characters and their plot lines, breaking down what I liked and what I did not like with their performances and overall how their plot affects the overall narrative. The first character I want to dive into is played by Kevin Bigley and his name is Luke he plays the best friend role to our main character, Nathan Brown. He has already lived in this upload world for a while. So he also plays the character of kind of introducing us, the audience, to the parameters of this world and kind of playing with it as one of the residents in it himself. He's like our go-to guy when we want somebody else's perspective in the upload world. He is largely the comedy. The He plays the comedic role in this series. I think he's hilarious. The way that they use him is very endearing, lighthearted, and he definitely keeps the laughs coming. That being said, I do wish that there was a little bit more meat to his role, something to sink your teeth into a little bit more. They play around with that in Season 2, playing up a potential love interest with him and his angel, which we'll dive into that character a little bit more as well. And so they are certainly playing with adding some depth to his character, and they've made a point to highlight that he is a a well-natured guy who does care about the people around him, but they often don't let his role uh, go past just that comedic, goofy guy that's just walking around yelling crazy things all the time. I do like him. I just wish that they kind of elevated his role a little bit more into something that impacts the plot a little bit more uh, directly. That being said, the the relationship that they start to tease in Season 2 between Alicia and his character, Luke, does have some pretty strong chemistry, and the two of them together, their goofy energy, uh, the way that their actors are portraying their characters, really does hit home uh, just how how goofy and magnetic the two characters are for each other. So if they continue to ring that bell and elevate it a little bit more for season three, I think that's really going to be our sweet spot with these characters, and I'm excited to see where they go with that. Uh, because I just touched on her Alicia, I'll dive into her character next. She actually plays the best friend role of our female counterpart to Nathan Brown. So the two main characters are Nathan Brown and Nora Anthony. Uh, they're really the two characters whose perspectives we follow the most. And they have a uh, romantic interest at the core of the narrative that they fully send into the end of season two. But her best friend is Alicia. They both work for the upload company. So they're both alive. They're fully living, breathing people. And it's their job to help guide and assist the residents of the upload, you know, afterlife uh, residence center that they refer to as Lakeview. So it's interesting to see her character, especially in season two, start to get promotions within this company, especially as we start to see more and more that there might be some darker implications of this company that houses all these afterlife programs. So she's kind of rising the ranks a little bit. Uh, even though that she's not fully sold into their ideolo- ideology. She exists kind of in this middle ground where she does help our characters, but not necessarily because she feels like it's the right thing to do all the time. She's just loyal to her best friend. And so she she exists in a gray zone where she can kind of go either way in terms of helping or hurting our characters. But for the most part, she's friendly with us. And she she's a lot of fun. She also brings the zany comedy. Uh, she... she Plays the same role as Luke, honestly, except for he's playing that comedy role within the upload world, whereas she plays it outside of the upro- uh, upload world. In season two, they give her a lot more to do. In season one, she's kind of relegated to being just the be- the quirky best friend role. But in season two, they elevate her character in a way that I'd like to see Luke's character taken up a notch in season three. So uh, she she has a great foundation of framework to follow along for lucy is their boss at this upload world essentially they're like middle manager supervisor she's clearly not like the one making the big decisions but within their location and dealing with lakeview she is the direct boss to our two female characters lucy is an interesting one uh they she is consistently used throughout the series uh a character like this they don't have to use as much as they choose to but the actress who plays her, I think it's Andrea Rosen, if I'm not mistaken. She uh, definitely brings a lot of life to her character. She's she's like neutral evil or something like that. She's She plays this role where she's not necessarily trying to uh, antagonize the people around her. She just is this boss character who actually is really funny and very friendly a lot of the times. But she's so uh, dead on with her... Motives all the time. She's so loyal to her company that she's often the antagonistic role. I like her presence that they use her throughout the series. She isn't doing anything crazy. She's certainly not uh, stealing the show from anyone, but I do enjoy the consistency at which they use her character. And the way that they play her off of the many different characters around the building is pretty funny as well. Ingrid Kannerman is easily the most interesting character in this series. So at the start of the series, Before Nathan passes away under those mysterious circumstances, Ingrid is actually her boyfriend. And they have kind of a toxic relationship. You know, at the beginning of the series, Nathan is kind of a a self-centered guy. He's got a big ego and he kind of acts like it. And Ingrid is uh, right in step with him in that regard. She is very stuck up. She's clearly been treated like a princess all her life. It's clear that she comes from money and she lets that go to her head a lot. This is a character with a very huge ego and potentially a little bit of um, uh, s- mental problems where she really uh, struggles to empathize with anybody else's point of view. And her mind, as long as things are going her way, that's all that really matters. And so what's really interesting with her character is how they continue to play with her. Because as as she's introduced, we, we're led to believe that she might even be the cause of Nathan's death. Later on, we kind of find out that it's not exactly her. It seems to be her father as well as some other characters as they uh, unravel that mystery throughout the series. But uh, she they start to give her extra layers. You know, She's completely self-serving, but that doesn't necessarily make her an evil character. She actually show, has these small moments where she's shown that she actually does really care about the people around her. She just is incapable of expressing that in a healthy or effective way. In season two, it's revealed that she actually, well, she reveals to Nathan in season two that she uploaded herself to be with him. She essentially would uh, have him to believe that she committed suicide so that way she can spend the rest of her eternal life in this digital afterlife with him. What we, the audience, come to learn a couple episodes after that is she did not, in fact, upload herself. She's just uh, living full time in a bodysuit, pretending to be in that world with him. This level of manipulation is where we really start to peel back the layers to her character. And it's not that she's malicious. It's that she's just insane. <laughs> she she really is. I would, I would love to really dive into the psychology of this character a lot more because... Especially in season two, they really start to use her a lot more. We get full dedicated scenes that are from her perspective, and that's only something that we get from the main two characters up until that point. And so really getting to flesh out her world and see her point of view that motivate the actions that she takes throughout the series, it's just super fun. Uh, Later on in the series, we find out that she's actually been regrowing Nathan's passed away body to in in hopes that he'll be able to download into that body and then live a happy life with her she continues to live months throughout this fantasy with Nathan where she's really just in her tub in a suit pretending to be someone that she's not and at the end of the day she does this out of fierce love and loyalty to Nathan that can't be denied that all of her actions are motivated by love and adoration towards her boyfriend Uh, Of course, it's taken to a psychotic level, especially when those feelings aren't really reciprocated unless she tells him this lie that she essentially killed herself for him. So all those layers into effect, she's a super interesting character to explore, especially when we're talking about her not wanting to repeat the cycle that uh, her family's had with her in terms of raising fucked up children. She sets out to break this cycle even so her intentions, again, like I said, are very pure. Although her her mentality is incapable of moving past that. Before I dive into our main characters, which I always like to say for last, there is one character that's really been piquing my interest in the second season, and that is AI Guy. And I actually did look it up. AI Guy is his official character name at this point. So that's that's what I'm going to be calling him for now. But essentially, he's the catch-all role for all the assistance that all the online residents need within the afterlife Lakeview. He is the virtual assistant AI program that helps everyone and does everything constantly. We see clones of him basically operating throughout the entire place. He is a constant presence throughout the series. And as I was making the comparison to The Good Place earlier, you know, he is a very similar character to Janet, which was the AI system used in that world to service those characters in their afterlife. Um, She, of course, she's a little different in that she was able to evolve a lot quicker in that uh, her she was essentially started having sentience um, very early on with that character but they're used very similarly in this world uh, let me just get right into it in season two we get a few moments with this character that wink at the audience a little bit that there is more to him than just this AI serving character um, there's plenty of moments where, Our characters say just very hurtful things to him because they see him just as this AI guy, not that he's even capable of having emotion. And they they write him off. They really just scoff at him and don't really give him any credit. And we see these insane moments where it seems like he's battling with so many emotions. I'm really... I mean, what they're setting up right now, assuming that the series does have a future, I really hope it does, is that there's going to be great room for that character to explore. They've even introduced his real-life counterpart, the model that they used him based off of as a character within this world as well, and I just don't think that they would have done that if they don't plan on really diving into it. Perhaps the real-life counterpart will enter the world and have an interaction with his AI form, and we'll see something uh, really evolve in in that conversation. But so far, we've seen that he does have a desire to live in the outside world, once he learns that Ingrid is living part time inside AI, live and you know pretending to be dead, he really challenges and questions her. If you if you have if you're able to live, why would you choose to be here? Why wouldn't you choose to be you know on the outside in the real world? So what he provides is a is a separate perspective. Whereas most of the time, we're seeing so much evidence that. You know, choosing to upload and living in the digital life is a valid decision, and that there's so much beauty and uh, mystery to be had within living in that AI world. But he provides that very much needed perspective of no, the real world is where all the good stuff is happening. You know, that's where the real part is happening, Uh, and and that that is something to be desired. So I'm very excited to see what we do with his character moving forward. I think he has the potential to have the most profound things to say within this series also hats off to the actor who is playing that role Uh, i do want to give him credit his name is owen daniels he i mean really the ray of emotion that he is depicting i mean like i said he's the catch-all he's playing every role possible and the the nuance that he's bringing to that role he's knocking it out of the park acting wise i actually think that it's him and the actress who plays ingrid i want to give her credit as well her name is allegra edwards I think that the two of those actors are doing the absolute most on this series and they deserve to get a lot more work after this because the range that they show and the nuance of emotion, uh, it just cannot be ignored. I also have a crackpot theory that, that Ingrid and AI guy will somehow kindle some type of romance between the two of them. That's There's not too much evidence for it at this time, but I'm really calling it, you know, in a couple of years from now, however many seasons it takes to get there. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna point back to this episode, and you guys will you guys will be witnesses that I called it. All right, so Nora is like the de facto second main character of the series. I would say the show is about Nathan Brown and his struggle and his death and passing and everything, but she is definitely the character that we get as, as, as probably as much screen time slash perspective following as our main character Nathan. So I do feel comfortable kind of elevating her to main character status. She. Is she does not she really does a fantastic job. Her role in the series is to be an angel, so she's directly the um she directly is like the service in service of the main character Nathan. And and in season one, we're seeing them develop a friendship, a very strong friendship that slowly morphs into a romance. And they're the way that their romance builds. I mean, really, they're one of my favorite couples in media. They're right up there with the Jim Halperts and Pams from The Office. And, you know, to make another comparison to The Good Place, there's Chidi and Eleanor. Uh, Their romance was one of my favorites leading up till now. But I have to say, I think I actually like Nathan and Nora just a little bit more. Uh, That's just one of the things that this series does as good as The Good Place is set up these two characters that you wouldn't expect to be a good couple for each other. But then creating this dynamic chemistry and uh, just dynamic that really is tangible. I really believe that these people feel this way for each other. Watching it even, uh, honestly, I feel like it's a very realistic relationship and friendship that they have together. It honestly reminds me of uh, my relationship, especially in those early days of you know developing the friendship that turned into a romance. It feels very similar, very palpable. One thing that's interesting is... Even just within two seasons, they give Nora a lot to explore in terms of her romantic life. I don't feel like her character is defined by her romance, even though we see her obviously explore a relationship with Nathan throughout the two seasons. We also see her exploring uh, you know, this side piece, mainly in season one. We don't really see him in season two, but his name is Byron. I thought that that dynamic had a really interesting uh, subtext to it. She was meeting him on a dating app at first, And then, you know, at first, he didn't really like her as much. And, you know, he was kind of just a dick to her. And then the second time they met around where she didn't care as much, the tables were turned. And now we see him vying for her attention. And that's how it plays out for the rest of season one. You know, she's not really interested in him. But we're seeing him drop his guard a little bit as he has continued interest in Nora. Now, this character, in my opinion, actually mirrors Nathan's character a lot. When we're first introduced to both of them, They are both kind of assholes, self-conceited, and, you know, just think the world of themselves. Uh, And, you know, much like Nathan, we see Byron go on a bit of a character change, uh, infected by Nora as well, where he uh, wants to get to know her more. And he's realizing that there's more to this connection than physical, perhaps for the first time ever. And so I thought that, you know, I thought that they would set up more of a love triangle between the three of them. You know, making Byron more of this uh, realistic option for Nora because he does actually seem like he has the capabilities of being a very good guy, but they don't explore that anymore. They cease that exploration in season two and sub him out for this new character who's associated with the Luds. I don't hate the new character that they sub him out for and they establish a stronger love triangle with those characters. I just actually think the show would have been better off Uh, If they chose to explore Byron as the uh, romantic love interest for a love triangle more so than with this new character that we meet. I just feel like he mirrors Nathan in a stronger way and there's more narrative comparisons to make throughout that and exploring it in, in that more direct way. Uh, building off of this character that we got to know in season one rather than setting up a character in season two and by the end of episode seven which is the finale of season two he's already fell off completely so i feel like that would have been a stronger choice personally but that's okay there is also another character who's always vying for nora's attention that she works with he's hitting on her constantly throughout the first season Uh, his name is ivan and so already, just in, a, you know, between two seasons, this show only has 17 episodes, not very much. That's four guys that uh, were very romantically interested in Nora. And so I do think it's a testament to the writing of her character and the performance of the actress that even though that's four different potential love interests, I'm reaching on the fourth, but four total, sure. Uh, she does not feel defined by that at all. I define her by... Her, she, there's still enough about the character that we can see that she is like a strong individual who's really good at her job and just has this like pure soul and sees the world a little bit differently than all the other characters around her. Um, again, just strong character work with Nora. I like her a lot and she definitely does a great job holding the torch as one half of the main character of the series. All right, now for the man of the hour, Nathan Brown. So, like I said, this is our main character. We follow his perspective at the beginning of the series as he gets into his car accident, passes away, and goes through all of this self journey. Uh, what I really like, something that this show does really well, is giving character growth. Uh, he, you know, Nathan Brown is our, you know, patient zero in this regard because when we see him at first, you know, he's really not a character that you would like too much. Um, He acts exactly how he looks, which is super handsome and conceited. And, you know, this show points at the handsomeness level of him a lot and how just, like, ridiculous it is. Something I've noticed with this actor, Robbie Amell, uh, for years now, I've seen him just in so many different things, and he's usually just typecasted to this role being just the handsome idiot asshole, you know, like, really just no depth to that character. Uh, I'm happy that this show actually gave him... uh, gave him just access to really explore a character that has levels to it. Because now I'm convinced that this is a great actor. He, he appropriately brings multiple levels to his character at all times and is capable of displaying that nuance within his acting. So hats off to him in that regard. His character is definitely pretty cool. I like that. They, I think that they could have done maybe a little bit of better job of defining the steps that it took for his character to grow there, it's definitely there but at some point they just uh referred to him as this like fully grown character and i don't know that he necessarily earned it fully but that being said i do like where his character ends up and i like that version of him so i'm able to just get on board with it if that makes sense he does have an innocence about him and just an overall desire to help people around him it seems like he was just kind of bogged down with uh, you know, just the menagerie that comes with living in more of a upscale lifestyle, and so now it certainly can be said that he is the straight man of the series. He definitely is not the one that's bringing a lot of the humor. There is some humor when they play with the romantic tension between him and Nora. Very, you know, uh, Jim and Pam office type humor. It's like cute humor, but he's not. You're he's not the one delivering the belly laughs to the audience. That's for sure. Um. That being said, because he is uh, very straightforward, he is easy for the audience to kind of project onto and navigate the world through. So that's pretty cool. They do also make it a point to establish that he is um, like an app developer. So he is competent. He is a smart guy in that way. And uh, I do like the scenes when they use him and Nora like Mission Impossible style. And because he's like this digital entity, he's like the guy in the chair and it makes Nora feel like this action star. They do that multiple times throughout the show, and it's actually really fun. It turns into like a high stakes like mission movie all of a sudden whenever they choose to do that. Uh, the dynamic works really well. I'm not gonna lie; like it, it turns into a thriller, and it's not something you would expect that would work out of the series, but it actually really does. The mystery behind his death is an interesting mystery to dive into to within the series. Like it definitely drives the plot. You know, the major plot line throughout the show, and it does a decent job doing that. That being said, some of the beats go over my head just a little bit. I think that they could define the motives of the people involved in his death a little bit more clearly. Um, I am on the ride for it for sure, and there is a clear direction. But some of the beats, some of the reveals do just go over my head a little bit. And maybe I'm just not paying close attention. It could be a me problem, but it feels like something that the show could get a little bit better at. Um, I feel like there's so much good things happening within the series that the main mystery that should be the center of it does just get a little bit foggy. Um, and that would just be one critique that I feel like it is just a little bit lacking in that regard. Of course, there are so many other good things happening around it that, you know, if I have to make that trade off, I'm willing to do it to get everything else that we do get out of the series. Season two ends with Nathan actually physically downloading into his physical body again. He's back into the real world and he's, you know, he's finally been able to have that connection with Nora. They finally, assumably, hooked up uh, on some level, but they've been able to spend the night together for the first time physically in the real world. So that's a major checkpoint hit. Their relationship is finally fully on the track moving forward. Uh, previous to this, we've known that they've liked each other a lot, but due to narrative convenient circumstances, they keep missing each other. So. Definitely very satisfying to see them finally come together. We get this cliffhanger moment at the very end where we see his nose start to bleed, which to the audience, that signals that this body might not last long for him. So I expect him to be uploaded back into Lakeview sometime soon, especially because I have to see him and Luke uh, reunite once more. But yeah, so for season three, I'm excited to see how long Nathan can live in this body. Ingrid, for for the time being, has been subdued, but... We do have an implication that she's going to try to regrow another body for Nathan. So she's still up to her shenanigans. I'm excited to see where that goes. We know a lot more about the circumstances around his death now. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see how they address handling this final situation. Uh, they have to stop. It becomes a whole wage war uh, society gap thing. I don't need to get into it right now, but I'm excited to see how they tie up those loose ends. I feel like season three is probably a good place to end this series. I wouldn't be upset if they uh, drag it out a little bit longer than that, but as far as the plot that I can see currently, I don't see how that they can move past season three. Um, I do want to see the AI guy uh, blossom into a fully bred character. I'm excited to see where that goes as well. And of course, I want to see them. Uh, I want to see them stick the landing with Luke and Alicia. I want to see where their relationship goes overall. And I'm excited to see Luke's character really. Uh, you know, I want to see them stick the landing with him as well. So there's still more to see, more to love about this show. And I'm definitely gonna break down season three when slash if that does come out. At the time of this recording, I'm I don't see anything that implies that it is confirmed yet. But it's only been out for a few months, so we we'll, we still have time to see about that. But overall, that's going to bring this conversation to a close. That was another episode of The Darius Show. If you made it this far into the episode, thank you so much for listening. I do appreciate it. Of course, I appreciate any feedback that you would like to give me as well. You can hit me up on my email at thedshowpod at gmail.com. That's T H D, excuse me, that's T H E D S H O W pod at gmail.com. Let me know what you think about this show. I am I really want to hear any feedback you got for me. Let me know what you want me to review slash talk about next. And uh, yeah, that's going to bring it to a close. Thank you, and I love you.